You're listening to The Whole Truth, a Resources Rising Stars podcast. This week, The Whole Truth podcast heads off to Chile. We're going there with Ray Shorix, the Executive Director of Mitre Mining. Mitre has just acquired the Cerro Bayou Silver Gold Project in Chile. This is a member of the Steve Parsons camp, to coin a phrase. It is a, uh, they specialise in brownfields exploration. They sit alongside the likes of Firefly, formerly known as Orteco, which also recently made an acquisition overseas. The traits they look for in these projects are the potential to have genuine scale, existing infrastructure, and of course, immense exploration upside. Cerro Bayou ticks all those boxes in spades. There's already a substantial existing resource. There's extensive infrastructure estimated to be worth $150 million. And guess what? The drill bits are set to hit the ground in mid-January. They waste no time, these guys, in getting in drilling holes because they say that's where the value creation is for shareholders. Mitre Mining has just raised money. It's armed and dangerous. It has a full war chest, has drill rigs lined up, and they're ready to go. Ray Shorrox is a terrific fella, former stockbroker. He's been around a long time, and he tells the story in a very candid, straightforward fashion, very easy to follow. I think this will be a company to put on the radar for 2024. Ray Shorts, what's a well-refined Sydney businessman like yourself doing walking around the back blocks of Chile? <laughs> well, that's a good question, in fact. But what it does say is the strength of our team to be able to go globally and, and search out some of these really high-quality um, company-making assets like Cerro Bio, which is in Patagonia. Um, the criteria we often use, Paul, is that it, you know, it's got to have size, it's got to have infrastructure, and it's got to have accessibility, and it has all three of those. So you're obviously not the only, in this case, obviously bought uh, Cerro Bio through Mitre Mining, uh, yep. part of the, the stable of, of companies there that you work for with Steve Parsons and the like highly yep. successful track record, but you're not the only company or companies out searching for these sorts of assets. Those characteristics that you just laid out are obviously probably on the shopping list of any number of companies around Australia and indeed around the world. So how did Mitre come to get its hands on what looks to be such a cracking asset? That's right. Yeah, it is a cracking asset. So we got our hands on, on this. Uh, this started back in February this year uh, and the company Equus, which was the original owner of this, uh, was well known to us, and they had taken on some debt through Tribeca, uh, which is publicly known, uh, and we're very well known to Tribeca. So they came and approached us back then and said, you, you guys probably got the skill base to take this to the next level. Um, one of the key criteria, we just need a little bit more money to keep it floating, but Tribeca wasn't prepared to hang in there any longer with Equus as the owners. Uh, and so they came to us to uh, help them out and see what sort of a deal we could strike. And we did strike a deal uh, only uh, uh, three weeks ago. So let's talk about Cerebio. Silver Gold Project yep. in Chile, existing resource of 24 million ounces of silver. Now, can you do a quick calculation of what that is in gold terms? I mean, everybody knows what a what a gold resource is, whether it's, you know, big, small or indifferent. What, is, yeah, what does right. 24 million ounces of silver mean in every man's gold language? Yeah, that's right. It's a good question. And, and it, it is one that we, we need to make sure that the market understands. So that equates to over 300,000 
ounces at high grade uh, of gold. Uh, so you can imagine typically on the open market right now, you'd probably be able to say that that quality of asset with what we have is probably 20 bucks. So there's a 60 million val just on the gold asset if you want to do it in gold equivalent um, uh, as a walk-up start. Don't, don't, don't forget, this is just a walk-up start. This is what we bought for 4 million. Let me just take you through a few other things though, Paul, that might yeah, be interested sure. to your listeners. One of those is when you look at the criteria and, and how and what we bought here. So just a recent transaction, which has only just come across my desk, is that SSR sold their silver assets in Peru to um, Homestead Silver uh, for 60 million Aussie. They had 40 million, ounce, uh, 40 million ounces of silver equivalent in the middle of nowhere, no infrastructure at all. Uh, and no accessibility of any great note. So it's just a resource. So that equates to about $1.30 a resource ounce. And we bought Cerebio for 13 cents a resource ounce, just to put it into context. So what you're saying is you walked off with a fantastic asset at an absolutely right. dirt cheap price. 300,000 ounces of gold equivalent is obviously a great, a great starting point, but it's not, when you buy something like this, it's not about really about the resource, is it? Because everybody knows what you've got there. Yes, you've paid a minimal fee on that sort of valuation comparison basis. But when you look at what you've acquired, isn't it really about how you're going to make it grow? That's what these acquisitions are about, isn't it? Absolutely correct. So the three, the three things here is that it's a really significant acquisition we've made here, and it's a large land, land holding of over 300 square kilometres centred around that mill infrastructure. So the mineralisation here is open at depth and a long strike. And let me just point out some of the, the some of the intercepts that have recently been got that are outside of the mineral resource. That's nearly three metres at two and a half thousand grams per tonne silver and five grams per tonne uh, gold. It's five metres at 800 grams silver, 23 grams gold. So they're cracking uh, gold intersections in their own right, aren't they? That's before Absolutely you even get correct. to the whopping source. No, the, yeah, that's right. These gold credits are just free. So t talk us through what is exactly there because you've got an open pit uh, plus the underground potential, the deeper lying potential. What, what was right. the status of when was it last mined and, and how did it come to be in this state? Yeah, so it was last night in 2019, but it might be worth just doing – a quick one-minute history lesson here. Yes. This all started with with core back in two thousand, uh, sorry, in nineteen ninety-seven, and they they discovered this. They mined it very successfully until two thousand and ten, um, when Mandalay bought it from core, uh, and then what they did was they 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 grew that and they they mined this very successfully until two thousand and seventeen. Where they had two fatalities, where there was a um, a leak into into the into the lake called La uh, Laguna Verde into level sevens and eight, uh, and there was two fatalities, unfortunately. There, Mandalay took the very strong decision that this had occurred and they needed to move on. Two areas which we now own are Los Domos and Cerro uh, Diablo were owned by Equus, so very nearby within. 30 to 40 kilometres, and they were obviously the natural people they went and talked to. They talked to Equus, who then decided this was worth uh, pursuing. They bought it in 2000 and, 
uh, 18 um, at, at a pretty good price, I might add. And they what they did was they started mining the stockpiles, right? And so they did that until 2019. Uh, there was a calamity of, if you like, forces, a perfect storm to our, to our advantage where you had, you know, increasing inflationary pressures, uh, running out of ore, and they underexplored this this area, and that the equity markets closed down on them, and they went and got debt. Uh, the rest is history. Where well, that's why we're able to pick it up. That's not an uncommon chain of events, though, is it? As yeah, you say, it's a it's perfect so storm. You see situations where, particularly in these lower price environments, you know, gold and silver price, you know, wasn't what it is today, and uh, you see situations where it becomes a hand to mouth existence. They're desperate to feed the plant. That means money doesn't go right. into exploration, where they so the inventory runs down. Uh, it becomes just a case of trying to get keep the plant fed on a day to day basis. The grade tends right. to fall off. All those nasty things happen, and next thing you know, there's a liquidity crunch, a cash flow crunch. Uh, the, the, the lenders are calling for a pound of flesh and all, and it all suddenly gets very very yeah. difficult. Um, but the opportunity you've got here is to obviously the anchor has been thrown out on the production side, so now you can invest in what you and your group does best, which is Brownfields Exploration. That's exactly right. So our absolute strategy here is to increase this resource through this, the drill bit, and we'll go after that straight away. So the drills will start turning immediately. By that, I mean, you know, the third week of January. Um, so that's really exciting. We've got some really low-hanging fruit drilling to be done there. So very excited about what we can do on that score. Um, you, you don't find these sorts of things that regularly. So uh, we will grow the resource. We will understand this all body, Paul. Then we can right-size the plant. And that's what we do so well. I mean, I just want to bring up the whole notion around Bellevue, which I know you know really well, but I'm the founding chairman of. Yeah. We write, What we did was we understood our ore body before we went anywhere near the plant and, and, and right-sized the plant for the ore body, and that's exactly what we'll do here because, really, there's a direct line of sight to 100 million ounces of silver equivalent just in this tiny little area around the mill. The, the issue, as you say, right-sized the plant, you see so often the tail ends up wagging the dog We've got a plant right. of, you know, of x of x capacity, you know, x tons a year, and we've got to we've got to feed this hungry beast, and it just becomes, in so many cases, unsuitable for the ore body and the, and what is the optimum economic proposition or, or or way to go about it. Now, you say the draw rigs will start in January. This is really about, I take it in the first instance, just attacking those and targeting those uh, those high grade veins or loads. You know where they are chasing them yeah. along strike and at depth. Right. That's right. So, so it should, it should be akin to shooting fish in a barrel, shouldn't it? <laughs> it, it, it really should be, Paul. I mean, that's uh, it, it's probably a little bit more difficult than that. I'm sure my geos oh. and would, would, be, <laughs> uh, <laughs> would be a little bit remiss, what, what, but it's what, easy for you and I to say. Wouldn't want to downplay <laughs> the skills of our great geological friends. No, that's right. But, you know, it's all around that Pegasus area, Laguna Verde, the mine district, you know, the open pit that's there, there hasn't been, it's, you know, criminally underexplored is 100 metres from the processing plant. So I've got enough power to, you know, we've got 14 megs of power sitting at this and we, at best, we'll only need uh, five megs of power. So the infrastructure here, which is probably what we should be talking about, is that it's all, it's all ready to go. We get, we understand this ore body. 
I can turn on that plant tomorrow. So, so we t- start drilling in January. We that will pave yep. the way, presumably, for strong news flow in the first half of next calendar year. Spitting out assays yep. and presenting a picture of what it is you've got here and what the where we're going to go to in terms of growing the resource. That's the long and the short of right. it, isn't it? That's the long and short of it. And and you know, in, in terms of news flow, you know that one of the things we like to make sure that we've got a steady stream of news flow. So you'll get from us uh, by the end of this month, you're all, uh, sorry, the end of uh, January, all the shareholder approvals, but we're already working on the asset. We're paying for things as we sit right now. We'll compile all of that historical data that's sitting there. There's 7,000 metres of unassayed core of some of the highest value visually that you'll ever see. And then we'll come out and compile that, and then we'll review all of the stuff we're going to do around Lake Verde and all around that um, uh, other areas around the mill. Resource extension and infill on Sarah Bay will happen next, and then we'll test their greenfield targets outside of the immediate mine area, and then we'll have two sets of resource updates, one in the second quarter next year and another one in the fourth, uh, fourth quarter, akin to the early days of Bellevue, where we came out with every six months upgrades of half a million ounces of gold. We'd like to think that we'll do exactly the same. I can certainly see, Paul, a doubling of this uh, resource quite quickly. Now, speaking of paying for things, Ray, uh, you have just done or might have has just completed a raising or is in the throes of the raising. So you've yep. got the money, you've got a war chest here to fund this, this drilling and That's assaying right. that you talk about. That's right. So what we have now is... We, we raised 8.3 million. We had 2 million in the bank, roughly. So we've got a war chest of just on 10 to get this done. We've got, you know, about a couple of million dollars for care and maintenance for this plant to keep make sure everything's uh, hunky-dory. About 3 million on the drill bit. So we'll get stuck right into that. So we've got more than enough in the war chest to, to get our shareholders uh, a great resource uh, increase. To post the raise, what sort of market cap are we talking for MITRE at today's price? Well, there you go. So uh, post this capital raise, post the transaction, we're going to have a market cap of $26 million with, call it eight in the bank after paying off bits and pieces, uh, which is a very unchallenging $18 million enterprise value. And I just mentioned to you before that, you know, we paid $13 cents an ounce uh, and the current rate is over $1.30. So there's so, no, sh- uh, no, no shortage of leverage in that story. And that's absolutely correct. It's, There's a couple of uh, parallels exciting. here when you're talking about, you know, uh, you know, a, a, a plant on care and maintenance and that sort of thing. You're you're also in in a, wearing another hat. You're the non-executive chairman of Firefly, which would be known to many of our listeners as Orteco. Recently changed that's its correct. name. Now Orteco, uh, now Firefly has done a similar. Uh, project acquisition, hasn't it? The Green Bay Copper Project in Canada. Um, exactly. There's a lot of parallels here, a lot of parallels. Like the similarities are almost uh, ridiculous. You know, somebody else that owned it couldn't get equity, took on debt. Uh, the debt providers decided to call in their money. Uh, we just happened to be at the right place at the right time, bid quite strongly, um, and now we have uh, this high-grade copper and gold in a great province, this resource of walk-up resource of 800,000 tonnes at 2% copper equivalent. Um, but here we also have $250 million of mine infrastructure. And the guys are using that information, that infrastructure as we speak right now, 
driving down the, the current drive to really um, drill from underground and we expect to have some pretty good drill results out in the not too distant future, almost imminently, I would I would imagine. Now, now, uh, Steve Parsons, the, the founding managing director of Bellevue Gold, has stepped into the uh, MD's chair at Firefly. I know he's he's absolutely working flat out. I think he he it thought is. life might become a bit easier after he went non-exec, <laughs> but he, he liked this opportunity so much he grabbed it. We spoke to him on the Whole Truth podcast a few weeks ago, and he was telling us about this forty thousand meter underground drilling program. He also talks about strong resource growth at Green Bay. Uh, based on the drilling program, extending the known resource, chasing it at, you know, down plunge and the like. So as you say, the similarities, the parallels between these two projects are, are quite remarkable. But one of the most striking ones is that both projects have no need to feed a mill. You know, they've, they've been mothballed. That's and I right. think that's probably one of the key missions. Brownfield's exploration with no need to, field, to, to, fill, to, uh, to, to feed a mill is a luxurious position for, uh, for geologists to be that's in, right. isn't it? Absolutely correct. So you, you, you really that strategy is again understanding your ore body, spending money to to increase shareholder value through the drill bit, right? Rather than building mills, trying to feed this hungry mill, not running out of ore, you know, constantly chasing your tail. This is all about saying, okay, what is this? What do we really have? And mark my words, I think we have something quite spectacular. Uh, the results will. We'll tell the true story in the coming weeks and months. I think there's uh, a good case to be made for a big shingle over the uh, the offices there in West Perth that says uh, <laughs> Brown, Brownfields Exploration Incorporated. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I don't think we're big fans of Greenfield. There you go. Yeah, well, that's, you can see they say that's the sweet spot, isn't it? You know the mineralisation is, is there. It's a case of spending some money, you know, putting a dollar through the drill bit to make a $100 or $1,000, and that's where the value creation for shareholders comes it's a it's a uh, a better relationship between risk and reward, you might say. That's exactly right. Absolutely correct. Well, Ray, look, we'll let you go because we know you've uh, you've been flat out this week and traversing this great continent yeah. of ours, and uh, yeah. you've been busy on on two transactions in recent months. So, thanks very much for your time, and uh, we look forward to getting you back on the Whole Truth podcast in the new year to just see just what those drill bits are churning out. And thank you, Paul. We we appreciate the opportunity to be able to talk to you, listeners. Thanks, Ray. All the best. You've been listening to The Whole Truth, a Resources Rising Stars podcast produced by Resource Media, hosted by Paul Armstrong for Reed Corporate. Please note that Reed Corporate does not provide investment advice and investors should seek personalised advice before making any investment decisions. 